Well, now you can't cut it. Now we just have to roll the whole thing exactly like this. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. I hired Emily Haswell. Yay! Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. Welcome to Struggle Care. I am your host, Casey Davis, and this is another bonus episode that I am giving to you. And I have a special guest with me. Emily, say hello. Hi, I'm Emily. (laughs) So for those of you listening, I stumbled across Emily on TikTok and I want to play for you the TikTok that I saw. Okay. So I saw this TikTok and it's like this opening scene of a nursery and a woman in like asylum blue skivvies turned around on her knees. And then all of a sudden you said this. Did you think I was an escaped mental patient in your child's room? No, it's just me, Emily. And I'm wearing the two-piece set that all you influencers told me to buy. And I look like I could play the green screen. What is this? I ordered this dupe, this free people hotshot dupe. And I was so confident. Y'all had all said, all of you skinny girls told me you could wear this out. To go run errands. It's so comfy. And it is comfy because it's a circus tent with pockets. It is comfy. But I put this on this morning in the dark and I went to Wegmans with my baby. And then later on today, my husband saw me and he said, did you lay that out? I said, yeah. He said, Emily, that's a nightgown. I said, oh, you're forgetting about the shorts. The shorts don't make it better. (laughs) What are we doing? I will not be influenced again. You know, here's the thing. I am a 30-year-old plus size. I'm not 30. I'm 33. I am a 33-year-old plus size woman. And I am watching these little girl skinny influencers and going, oh, yeah, that's what I should get. Do you think that was correct? (laughs) So I just immediately knew that we would be friends. And you started a whole series of de-influencing where you put on these outfits that, as you say, all these little skinny girl influencers say we must have, and then you just read them their rights. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because truly, like, I wanted that, that article of clothing for so long. Like, that's what's really heartbreaking about it is, like, I wanted it for so long, and then I, like, randomly got an Amazon gift card, and I was like, today's the day. I'm gonna treat myself. And it looks so crazy. and. Three people who makes like the real version sent me a bunch of stuff and it's so expensive. And you know what? It looks so silly. <laughs> that is the part that I just like deeply fell in love with your ethos is that like this TikTok you made of the like free people dupe is the one that I just played, like got 4 million views or something. And it caught the attention of free people that makes like the original and they sent you free stuff. They sent me so much stuff. Review. (laughs) And the review was you being like, nah, still silly, (laughs) bro. And then, but like the person that was messaging me from free people movement, which I guess is like their athleisure line or whatever was so nice. Like I, I felt bad. I kept saying like, do you care that I'm like making fun of this? And she was like, I want you to make up a character for every single thing that I send you. Like, because people were saying like, now I kind of want to buy this. It looks comfy. So like, I guess they were still getting sales. I guess so. And I mean, it is comfy. It's the greatest pajamas I have for sure. Big shirt, pockies. It's great. But 
Yeah, no, I couldn't lie to the people. I couldn't lie to them and say this was worth $80. Were you nervous about like talking about how silly it looked on you when they had like sent you free shit? Here's the thing. I wasn't nervous because I knew there was no fucking way that I could stand on camera wearing these clothes and say like, don't you guys love this? Don't you think I look great? Like I couldn't do that because I didn't look great. I looked, I mean, they sent me a lot of stuff that was like way better than the dupe and stuff that I wear to like run errands in because whatever. But like, I couldn't go look at them in the eye and say, yes, you guys should run out and pay $70 for these like kick around clothes. Like there's no way. If I looked better, I would maybe lie and try to get that free people partnership going. But no, no, I couldn't do it. I just love that. And so you have this whole series of de-influencing. And did it blow up your, like, did you get a lot of followers after you started doing that? I did. I got a lot of followers, which is interesting because for so long, I was just making like mom content. You know, it was always like, it was always humor based. Like I was always joking around. I was never like in my white kitchen, like holding my baby and being perfect or anything. I don't know exactly how many followers I got from that, but I definitely got a lot. And I got a lot of people like just watching every one of those videos consistently. So I'm watching these like de-influencing videos of you and you're so funny and you're so creative. And I was genuinely so impressed and tickled by you continuing to like roast the ever living shit out of these outfits, even after the company sent them to you for free. And there was a part of that that was like, I mean, I love that vibe. I love that integrity. And I love that just like holding on to yourself and what you want to do. And I thought that was great. And then I saw you post the video where you were like, does anybody have any work from home jobs? Because I want to drive off a cliff because you, I guess you had gone to a job interview. Yeah, I went to a job interview. So, you know, I've been a stay at home mom for all 18 months that my daughter's been alive and I really like it, which I didn't think I would, but I do. But they reached out to me, like this job reached out to me and it was just like kind of a too good to be true opportunity. So I was like, well, I have to go in for the interview. And it was a writing job in which they had a board where they ranked the writers every day for everyone to see. Oh. So, oh, that's exactly (laughs) what I said in the interview. (laughs) I said, oh, (laughs) love that. (laughs) Love that. That sounds so Good. Let me tell you, nothing sparks my personal creativity like being rated against my peers on a daily basis. I'm someone who happens to believe that the chore of feeding myself is one of the most annoying care tasks. And that's why I really like Factor. And when I say I really like Factor, I mean, they shipped me some food and told me to eat it and make an ad. And I not only did that, but then I went back and spent my own money and bought more of them. And I can't wait till the box gets here. That's because Factor really does make eating easier. And this was on the heels of a doctor's appointment where I got very strict instructions to give my body better nutrients. So wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared chef-crafted and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. And they actually do taste good. You'll get over 35 different options a week to choose from. And even I, a very picky eater, always can find something that I like. I love that they are two-minute meals. You can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. They all take two minutes in the microwave. Snacks, smoothies, breakfast, dinner. You can discover a wide variety of easy options. 
sign up and save now. We've done the math. Factor is actually less expensive than takeout, and every meal is a dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. My own dietitian was stoked when I told her that I had made this decision. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. So head over to factormeals.com slash struggle50 and use code struggle50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while the subscription is active. That's code struggle50 at factormeals.com slash struggle50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while the subscription is active. Even my husband says this is the best he's ever tried. And we've tried a lot of these. Is 2024 bringing exciting or unexpected changes to your life? Here's a secret weapon to help you face those challenges with more confidence a great term life insurance policy. I can't believe that I am 37 years old and I am excited about life insurance, but life comes at you fast. I feel like yesterday I was 25 and I wasn't thinking about stuff like this. But when my husband and I got married and we started having kids, it was one of the first conversations that he brought up. Really, Fabric by Gerber Life makes it simple to protect your family's financial future so you can focus on what's ahead, knowing your family's protected if something else unexpected happens. And I feel like I sleep better at night knowing that if something were to happen to he or I, that the other one could take care of our family. Fabric by Gerber Life was designed by parents for parents to help you get high quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. It's all online and on your schedule. No appointments, scheduling, or piles of paperwork. Just apply when it's convenient for you. You could go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. So don't be somebody who finds when tragedy strikes, you're wishing that you would have made this choice. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at Meet fabric.com slash struggle. That's meatfabric.com slash struggle. M-E-E-T fabric.com slash struggle. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Insurance Company. Not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. I called you and I said, well, I want to hire you. So I did. I hired you as my creative director for the podcast because I am a fucking basket case. And I am chronically underprepared for every podcast that I show up for. I'm just putting my cards on the table here, guys. I started recording for my podcast like a year before I actually started it because I was I lived in fear that I would not be disciplined enough to like keep up with a weekly recording. And in three weeks, I run out of pre-recorded episodes and I still haven't like put more on the books. And so like the nightmare is happening. And so I just needed a little help. And meanwhile, my network's like, you should put out more episodes. And I was like, huh? So what's interesting is like you literally came on board like maybe the day that I canceled on like 
a huge guest. Yeah, that was so, I mean, it was like very, it was the most thrilling thing I've done during nap time in a while, which is like, <laughs> not, not my nap time, by the way, my baby yeah, yeah, nap yeah. time, which was like, talk to you about like in real time, like you were like, yeah, I'm just going to like research these people. Will you help me a little bit? And I was like, sure. And then both of us at the same time, were kind of like, Hey, what is this? Like what's going on here? And yeah, ultimately decided you decided no, which I think was a really good call. Yeah. So, so basically what happened was I, I booked these like huge guests. I was so shocked that they even emailed me. And before we started recording, we went back and forth, like, are we going to drop the name about this guest? Are we going to sully this guest's name? I think you should sully it. Listen, time will tell whether you are ultimately a good or bad influence on me. But um, (laughs) Or like, yeah, you'll be like, Emily was the worst creative director. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I can't even throw you totally under the bus because we're recording the conversation about it. I can't pull like the ultimate white woman and be like, my team posted this. My team and it's just me. <laughs> yeah. It's just Emily. Hi, I'm her team. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry. It's just me, Emily. Don't team. worry. It's just me, Emily. <laughs> okay. So let me set the stage for everybody. I get this email and it is a PR person for the minimalists. The name is out there. Wow. Powerful. The name is out there. They apparently have a Netflix show. They have a TikTok. They like, I, I don't know. They do things. It's men. I have a New York Times bestseller. They were nominated for an Emmy. And then they talked shit about the Emmys, but they didn't win an Emmy. Ooh, love that for them. So all of this kind of gives the idea that that we're looking at more than just men with microphones. And they said, you know, hey, we would love to come set the guys up to come on the Struggle Care podcast. And at first, I'm like, I sat on the email for a long time. because I'm like, I don't know if anybody is familiar with the minimalists. But like, They have this saying where they say like something to the effect of like, if your house is full of junk, then you're just living in a landfill with four walls or just like kind of weird shamey shit. And they're very uber kind of spiritual, not like religious, but like very Zen about like being minimalists. And so they, I was so surprised, like, that's so weird. Like I have quite literally the opposite philosophy as these people. Like I am a self-professed like functional maximalist. I have a lot of shit. I like my shit. I don't think your shit means anything about you. I'm all about like morally neutral approach to care tasks. And so I sat on it for weeks and then I finally thought, well, maybe this could be good content. And I emailed back, but I wanted to be like I wanted to have like integrity in it and say like, hey, the only episode I see coming from this would be like talking about our differing approaches and maybe challenging each other on those approaches. And I had actually stitched one of their TikToks and was like highly critical of the TikTok. And I even sent that to her. And I said, please, you may want to watch this first. And then like, make sure you really want to talk to me and make sure they've seen this. So I'll play for you the TikTok that I stitched of them. Yeah, I don't think I've heard this yet. Every inanimate object in your house is having a conversation with you, whether you know it or not. Mm. And I realized my guitars are always saying, oh, are you just done playing music? Is that who you are now? Are you, or my books are like, are you going to be stupid forever? <laughs> and my, I've got clothes in my closet. They're like, wow. Remember when you used to exercise and you were actually in shape? Are you just going to be fat dad now? Is that, is that where we're headed? And the dishes in the sink are like, 
oh, you're going to be that husband that just hates his wife? You're going to be that guy? After In a, a weird hard, way, you're hoarding hope. It never, <laughs> it was this light bulb that came on. I'm having 10,000 conversations at the same time. Mm. The the woodworking stuff is like, oh, you're, you're never going to build that treehouse for your son, are you? And he's going to go to college and you're going to, sure, son, we'll get to it, cats in the cradle. It never stops. And so mm. it's really almost pathologically, almost like civil. I'm trying to shut the voices out. Yeah. And at some point, I can't compete I've got to hand some of this stuff out, right? Because it, it won't it, stop. And if yeah. it were to spontaneously combust, it would be peace. Sudden, the voices stop. Yes, the oh, voices wow. stop as well. Yeah. Before we get into it, let me just play with you the stitch that I did. Like Your books aren't calling you stupid. Your exercise clothes aren't fat shaming you. Those voices are not coming from the inanimate objects in your home. Books don't think. Dishes don't judge. Those voices are coming from your head. You are the one who talks to you yourself that way. And no amount of purging your material possessions in search of this perfect minimalist aesthetic is going to fix the way that you talk to yourself. Just like hoarding items doesn't protect you from loss and pain, giving away your items does not protect you from self-judgment and shame. So I sent that and I was like, let them watch this. Make sure that they understand like what kind of conversation we're going to have. Because I genuinely thought like maybe that'll be like a helpful conversation. Like maybe I want to understand more about their journey to minimalism and what that's doing for them. And maybe, you know, I can push back a little bit on that. But I will say like listening to it again, it's just so interesting to me. It's such a weird take of like I'm inconsiderate to my wife. So if I get rid of the dishes, I won't feel bad about that anymore. That was a weird, like, that one moment really made me go, like, wait, what is he saying? You're really going to hate your wife? Is that what he said? Like, what are you talking about? Because she's not doing the dishes because you're not doing the dishes? Like, yeah, that really gave me pause. Or, like, the project he was doing for his kid where he's like, I'll just get rid of the project. And then I won't have to think about the fact I promised my kid I would make this for him. Yeah, that was confusing as well. Your kid's still good. Yeah. I don't know. And like, maybe my opinion is informed by like the fact that you and I went down like a rabbit hole with them and we watched a lot of their videos and a lot of their other content. But like, yeah, I just, number one, I feel shamed by that, right? Like my house is a mess. I'm not an organized person. I have a toddler. I don't have any free time. And when I do have free time at night, I sit down and I watch Love is Blind. <laughs> like, I cannot bring myself to take my two hours of free time a day and spend it, like, organizing and cleaning. I just can't. But the other thing is that, yeah, it's like, I think you made that point so beautifully, is that, like, those voices are coming from you. Like, you don't fix an internal problem externally. Either way, right? Like, keeping your shit or giving your shit away. Totally. You just have to like figure out like who's that voice coming from. So we schedule this interview. They end up needing to reschedule. So we put it. So I mean, my point is, is that this thing is on the schedule for like three weeks. And this is my part. Are you ready for I was being accountable? Like I did not sit down to like really dive into their stuff and come up with interview questions until like the morning before the interview. Like the interview is at 2 p.m. I sit down at like 9 a.m. And I'm like, I'm going to start like reading stuff. That is me. I'm not even going to put a judgment on that. That's just always me, right? So I sit down to do it and I'm like coming up with questions. And I'm coming up with questions and I'm going down through. But like the longer I go through the content and that guy that was talking, like he has his own TikTok that I actually follow because I 
actually have liked some things that he has said before. But when I went to their the minimalist TikTok, it, that guy wasn't there. It was just some other guys. And I'm, and I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling and I'm like, there's not a lot of value here to work with. And there was some stuff in the area of like talking about our space where I was like, okay, I want to ask some questions. I want to ask about how you became a minimalist. What does minimalism mean to you? Like how has it impacted you? So I'm scrolling down, but what happens is, is that I get to this point where they start talking about food and it's like really intense, like bro toxic diet culture and fat shaming and which there's even a little bit in that clip that you yeah. just played. Mm-hmm. And so I start to go like, oh no. Like it became obvious that like there wasn't a lot of value content to work with to like create a conversation. And like I'm not interested in having a podcast where I like invite someone on and then just like blow their shit up. Like I'm not interested in like embarrassing people or like nailing someone to the wall or so like gotcha journalism. Like I don't really want to do that. However, if you have someone that's saying something so problematic and you don't address all that problematic shit, like that just doesn't feel like integrity to me because now I've like elevated these people on my platform. And even if I'm like challenging in good faith and having a conversation on my episode, like, you know, so I texted you and I was like, uh, I don't know what to do. I don't think I can do this interview with integrity. Um, but I don't think it would be fair to them. I don't think it would have be, feel integrity to me. I don't think it's something I want to put in front of my audience. And you and I like went down a rabbit hole and and you went to Reddit, which is like genius. I just wanted to see like what people were saying just about like, what was the, how are people feeling? And again, I am not like an expert on the minimalists. You know, I just learned about them the other day, but from what I could tell people were like, had gotten really into them during the pandemic and kind of at home being like, all right, I want to clean out my house. I want to declutter all that stuff. And then they were kind of like, why are these men who are telling me to declutter also trying to sell me a book? And why are they also trying to, like, why are they putting everything behind a paywall? Because I guess the majority of their podcast is behind a paywall. And I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's people for whom they really helped. And I'm sure there are people that are still totally on board. Like, I don't doubt that they they don't still have fans, of course. But it seems like some people are starting to question things, I guess. Yeah, I found a TikTok of someone who was like, you know, I used to follow the minimalists and now I don't. And, you know, she talked about kind of the dis- what she felt like was kind of the turn in content. And like, I can't like emphasize how much the like fat phobic stuff really bothered me. And eventually we got to one where one of the guys was like, well, I used to be obese. And I went, Oh, there it is. When I learned from maintenance phase, when Aubrey talks about how some of the most fat phobic people that she's ever met are people who were formerly fat. Yeah, there's just such it's I mean, obviously, that's really sad that there's such self-hatred there. The thing that really stuck out to me, I mean, the fat phobia obviously was, you know, really obvious from the jump. But there was this one 
video. I'm trying to find it right now. Oh, okay. Here it is. So they had this doctor on. I don't know if you saw this one. And he was talking about like how he basically like was able to like save his health by just like eating healthy and exercising and like not eating seed oils, which I guess seed oils, like not eating seed oils is a very like kind of far right conspiracy sort of thing. I'm not sure. Like maybe it's a dog whistle. Yes. It felt like a dog whistle. And that's the other thing, right? It's like the kind of guests that you have on your show and that you let speak freely and that you then clip and put on your TikTok, like that says something. I think I did hear him. Is he the one that's like, you don't cheat. You never cheat. Like everything was just very moralized. He is that one. And he also said like at the beginning, (laughs) so at the beginning of the clip he's going on, he's talking about all the health issues he had, right? And it's very strange. He's saying, I had erectile dysfunction. I couldn't pee. I had eczema and there were blood all over my sheets. I made noises and my kids mimicked those noises when I was moving around the house. And then I started to eat healthy and exercise. And I'm so mad because I'm a doctor and they should have told me, they should have told me in medical school that this is all it takes, right? Like that was kind of what he was saying. And it was very, the vibes are strange, right? The vibes are giving Joe Rogan guests. It's a little scary. And I watched it and I was like, oh my God. And then I watched it with my husband (laughs) and he was like, first of all, no one's keeping the information from you to like (laughs) eat well and exercise. (laughs) Like it's not a secret. And also like, it's no one's telling you like, like when you go to the doctor, the doctor isn't like, don't worry about eating well or exercising. Just take these pills. (laughs) Like your doctor's always like, yeah, try to eat less or try to eat better or try to walk around the block, whatever, like, which can be problematic, right? Like, even if you're having a real problem, sometimes that is their advice. But he, this guest that they had on, let me find his name, Dr. Sean Mara. Yeah, it wasn't just, oh, diet culture. It was like straight up fat phobia, medical misinformation. It was like, I'm a doctor and I'm telling you, don't go to the doctor, just diet and exercise. That's really scary thing to say. And then he was talking about not cheating. Like he was like, if you have a single bit of ice cream, your body has a, an unhealthy orgy. And it's like, do you know how harmful that messaging is for someone that is struggling with an eating disorder? If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent with sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. 
All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics, depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff. Also, did you just say unhealthy orgy? He said the word orgy. I'm not even being funny right now. He said the word orgy, and he was talking about microbes. Yeah, microbiome. And I don't know. It was not sounding right. I mean, but yeah, just the thing of like, if you have one drop of ice cream, like, I don't think you should be saying that. It's giving very like health bro to alt-right pipeline. That is exactly what it is giving. They also... We're speaking about hoarding. One of them was talking about like his brother owns an apartment building. And are you doing what I'm going to talk about? Yes, yes. His brother. Well, that was the other thing is they were throwing around the word hoarding in a very casual manner. Like hoarding is in fact like a serious psychological disorder that like has specific parameters to it. It's not just like. It's not just like Americans are over-consuming. No, like, if you walk it, into somebody's house- It's not like we're all a little bit hoarders. Yeah, if you walk into somebody's house and it's like messy, they're not a hoarder. That's not what hoarding is. But yeah, I mean, right. But anyway, he was like talking about how like, and my brother was trying to help clean out this this hoarder's apartment, hoarder in quotes, and he started to have that demon whisper in his ear where it was like, you could save me. This, And I was like, what is going on here today on this day? Like what? <laughs> Why are so many inanimate objects talking to y'all? <laughs> That's crazy. I just know that I just got a bad feeling in my skivvies that I wasn't going to be able to find enough value to have a productive conversation that wouldn't be me just like ignoring the elephant in the room and platforming what I think is kind of like a dangerous shamey message. It's like at its best very shaming, very pop psychology, very self-help fluff to me. And at its worst, like deeply harmful messaging. And like, they might be great dudes, but like, I don't think they're doing a great message out here. Um, they truly might be great dudes. Like I do not know them at all, but I do think that they are maybe a little misguided in their messaging for sure. So I end up emailing the PR person like two hours before the interview and just said like, I am so sorry for the late notice, but I'm going to have to cancel the interview. I don't think this is a good fit. And I guess she didn't check her email until they were all in the studio and I wasn't there. And because I get an email and I'm just like anxious. I get an email back that's like, hey, we're our whole team came into the studio today to do this interview. Can we jump on a phone call and talk about like what's going on. And like, we don't have to talk. Cause I had said, you know, I have a lot of listeners that are in eating disorder recovery. I can't get down with the fat phobic, like the diet culture content. She's like, well, we don't have to talk about that. And I just emailed back and was like, listen, I apologize. I don't have a whole team. So like, it was just this morning that I was finishing up the research and that is on me. That's inconsiderate to cancel that late notice. 
because I could have prepared beforehand. I could have prepared before I even accepted. That is a negative impact that my own like ADHD has on people that is my responsibility to mitigate. And I didn't mitigate very well there. It just sucks that it still was the right thing to do. And at that point, the only options were to do that. Yeah. Like obviously, ideally, you would have looked at this stuff earlier and gone like, oh, no, like I don't want to do this. But it just – it worked out the way that it did. Like you said, you don't have a whole team. But now I have you. Yes. And I w- – Now I have you to read up about people on Reddit before we accept interviews. And yes. <laughs> well, and you know, I'm just such an organizing great person. So that's going to always work out 100% of the time. <laughs> you know, But I, I feel like we could always organize for people that aren't ourselves. It's true. And, and together we make one organized person, I think. Half organized, two half organized people make one organized person. No, but I mean, to be honest, like I love doing this kind of stuff. I have like a background in journalism. So kind of doing a deep dive into people coming up with interview questions, but also just like having these behind the scenes conversations with you where we can go like, is this the right thing? How do we handle this? Like, I do feel very prepared for that. So I think that's going to be good. But Yeah, I think it was the right call. It was tough. And I'm sorry to anybody that's listening to this that like loves them or got a lot out of them. I mean, I think that you can like take the good out of something and that's great. I I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But, you know, have ice cream. Have some ice cream. I'm going to go have some ice cream right now. Have some ice cream. Yeah. And sit amongst my things. And sit and Um, look at all my stuff. And my guitar that's talking to me. (laughs) Well, Emily, thank you so much. I'm so glad to have you on the team. And I think we're going to make great things together. Thank you. I'm so excited too. Real truth alert. Pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were. But the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom and Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health.